This is the Horse Radio Network. You're listening to the Athletic Equestrian Riding in College podcast. I'm your podcast host, Sally Batten, and I spent over 35 years coaching collegiate equestrian teams. This podcast is supported in part by the Interscholastic Equestrian Association, now celebrating 20 years of providing competitive opportunities to thousands of youth riders in hunt seat, western, and dressage. Give your rider a leg up into collegiate equestrian sport without the need to own a horse. Membership for the 2022-2023 IEA season will open in June. For more information, visit rideiea.org or follow IEA on social media at rideiea. Welcome back to all of our listeners to the Athletic Equestrian Riding in College podcast. I am your podcast host, Sally Batten. And today we are going to be talking about the Emerging Athletes Program, the EAP and uh, quite a few podcasts in the past, it has come up either from the riders that I've interviewed or the various coaches. So I thought we should go straight to the source. So we have Amy Center, who is the chairwoman of the USHJA, which is the United States Hunter Jumper Association Emerging Athletes Program Committee. And she is a graduate of Florida State University with a BFA. She is the owner trainer at Cavallo Farms in Tallahassee, Florida. And she's been doing that for almost 30 years. She coaches IEA teams. She's a USHGA certified trainer and a USEF large R judge. So welcome, Amy, to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Sally. I'm so excited to be here. So why don't, why don't we start with you? Okay. Somebody just walked up to you at a horse show and said, tell me all about the emerging athletes program. I've heard what it is. I don't know anything. So just start from the beginning, maybe a little history and then what it is. Okay. Well, feel free to stop me anywhere you have a question or want to interject because I am a huge fan of this program. So I can gush for hours on it. Excellent. I love it. I love it. I get to sit back and uh, and sip my uh, water this morning. So the uh, USHA Emerging Athletes Program was envisioned in the early 2000s by um, Sally Ike, our our first and longest chairman or chairwoman of our associate, our committee, and Melanie Smith-Taylor and amongst some other folks sitting around a dinner table. And it was envisioned as a pipeline to international competition, wherein young Americans both gain knowledge from and evaluated by the most experienced clinicians of today. So they wanted to be the start of the pipeline and to be able to uh, find and help promote to some degree, not only educate, but promote these riders up the ranks. But they felt it was extremely important that we're learning classical education, not only in the ring, but also in the barn. Um, we find, especially today and everybody's busy schedule with a lot of grooms, that a lot of people are not necessarily getting that education in the barn. 
Right. We find a lot of our top international riders are constantly asking for good, reliable, hardworking, educated help in the barn, not just in the saddle, but in the barn and getting those horses to the ring. And that's a big part of it, as well as the aspect that it's not competition based. This is an application based program. So we've had kids that you would recognize their names as top junior riders come through the program. And we've had kids that have been self-educated and may not have had these opportunities for, but for this program. Right. So we run 10, typically sometimes more regional training sessions every summer around the country. Uh, at each uh, regional training session, we take 24 riders. Again, okay. as I said, it's an application based. So you apply typically by April 1st. Usually applications open up beginning of February. Deadline is April 1st. Uh, they fill out an application. They submit a video. They have three letters of recommendation. And they also take the horsemanship quiz um, test, the first level, and they have to pass that with, an eight, I think it's 80%, might be 85% or better. Okay. Um, so all of those things, there are a few requirements or stipulations or on those applications. You have to be 12 or over. Okay. And that's something that was new, like added a few years ago that we opened it up to people over the age of 25. Um, so we've had adults come through. Oh, uh, really? Oh, yeah. And it's open to amateurs and professionals and juniors. So huh. we've had young professionals come through, which is a great way for them to get um, more knowledge, to brush up on their knowledge, to just be strengthened in their knowledge, both in the barn and in the, in the ring. So you can't have jumped over a meter 35 before you apply. Okay. And do you mean in competition? Or in competition. Or okay. Yeah, in competition. And you have to be a USHA member in good standing. Um, so the, to be eligible for the national finals, then you need to be on 25 or under. Okay. So you have regional competitions and that qualifies riders for a national? Right. So what we do is this is we don't try to focus this thing as an, as a competition program. It's an education right. program, but there is a bit of competition to it because we're whittling down to some of the top riders each year and then helping them progress in this industry with, with a scholarship basically for treat for training. Okay. So over the summer, the clinician, the riding clinicians, the stable manager clinicians and the committees, the, the committee representatives all choose riders from each regional training session to be sent forward to the national oh. training session. Okay. And there we take 16 riders at the national training session, which is held in November. That clinician is that, that riding clinician is Peter wild. Yep. The clinic is run similarly and we'll get into how the clinics are run at, to the regional training session, except for you do not bring your own horse. You're provided a horse. So everybody is, um, riding an unfamiliar horse. So mm -hmm. it's a very even level playing field. And at the end of that clinic, then a champion and a reserve champion are chosen mm. and from all the riders. And, the, and it has to do with their riding skill, their talent, their drive, their enthusiasm. But a, a lot of it is their stable management as well. 
their sportsmanship, their ability to work with others. It's the whole package. Nice. And that winner receives, a, I think it's a $3,000 grant to be used for further training. We've had kids in the past go abroad and use it to train with, you know, a top international rider. Um, we've had a myriad of ways that kids have used that grant. They also get a seat at the, now it's the Gold Star Clinics. So they, they get a seat into one of the Gold Star Clinics after the EAP. Um, and there's some other prizes. Um, right now, Lindsay Maxwell Charitable Fund is sponsoring our the EAP. And so we've got some um, other prizes in there as well for those winners. So talk about the, the start with the regional sessions. What, what happens? Where are they? Do you bring your own horse? All of those details. So the regional training sessions, I said, there's usually 10. We're ha- we've added an 11th one this year because of the amount of people applying. Oh, um, they're, they're scattered all across the country. We Our first one this summer starts in June at University of Tennessee in Martin, Tennessee. <clears throat> and then we go to uh, Centenary, Great Southwest in Texas, Foxley Farm in Venice, Elvin Star in California, Ledges up in Illinois, Mount Holyoke in Massachusetts, Lake Erie College in Ohio, Sweetbriar in Virginia, and then Tryon in North Carolina. And we've added a second Elvin Star to accommodate the number of applicants over in California. Wow. So it's a it's a combo of um, private farms and uh, colleges and universities. Yeah. And horse show facilities. We've It's been hosted at the... Uh, International Horse Park in Conyers, Georgia by the Classic Company used to host for a number of years when they were there. And it would run alongside a horse show at Fox Lee in Venice, Florida. That's a horse show facility and it's running along a horse show. So the universities, horse show facilities and private farms absolutely can apply to host an EAP. Um, It's a great way to not only highlight your own facility or your horse show or your college, you're getting a bunch of kids there to look at your school. Um, But it's uh, definitely giving back to the industry as well as the education and, and being able to offer that education to so many people because you as the host can have auditors and for the riding part of it. Um, They're not allowed back in the barn for the stable management part, but they can come in at your discretion. So if, if you have a big barn and have lots of kids, it's a great way to have some free education for them just by auditing the riding part. Right. So it's uh, is it a three day, uh, two day or three day? And talk us through the schedule. Talk us it, through. Yeah. I'm I'm a rider and I've uh, gotten into an EAP. So tell me what I'm going to be doing. So it's a five day clinic. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's a, it, you get to the end of this week and most of the kids that come into this are either young professionals or they really want to be a professional. And right. you get to the end of this week and you know what it's like to be a professional. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the first day is setup day. The horses arrive. Our stable manager clinician is there to help them get settled in. They can have their parents or their trainers assist them in unloading and getting set up. After that, nobody else is in the barn. So the kids are on their own for the entire week. And that's where we came up with the minimum age of 12 because they're dumping water buckets. They're, I mean, everything. Right. 
So we, while there are some kids under the age of 12 that probably physically can do that, we just had to make a hard cut at some point. Um, so they, from day one is set up, they'll go over tack, tack fitting. They'll go over some grooming basics. Um, they'll get to hack or lunge their horse according to the facility and the, the clinician. The riding clinician starts the next day. Okay, so the, stop yeah. for one minute. Yep. The stable management clinicians, who are these people and where, what is their background and how do they get chosen? Right. So the you can go on the website at ushj.org and go under education and look at Emerging Athletes Program. And there's a whole bio on all our clinicians. So if you want to get okay. more in depth with each one of our clinicians, um, that's a good place to look. But our our first couple of clinicians that have been with us the longest are Ann Thornberry and Colleen Reed. Okay. Nancy Snyder joined a number of years back as well. These ladies have worked for some of our top international um, professionals across the country, have traveled internationally with horses, have been involved in therapeutics and rehab. Their knowledge is, excuse me, is unbelievable. And um, I, I've been doing this, I've been in horses forever. And I I still pick up something new every time I come. Right. And sometimes you're picking up something new from the kids that are participating because yeah. everybody has a little bit of different way of coming about things. So the nice thing is it's small groups and they get to discussing uh, feeding programs and, and how to take care of the horse after competition and how to get the horse to the ring and biosecurity issues and just a ton of things that come up. Um, so we have also uh, Julia Hogan and Tracy, um, Foreman as our other riding, our other stable manager clinicians. And all these ladies have extensive knowledge in horse management, stable management, horse show prep, um, how to set up at a horse show, how to be at a competition, how to take care of things at home, what to do when things go wrong, um, systems of the horse, everything. So th they cover a wide variety. And obviously you cannot cover everything in horsemanship in five days, but they do a really, really great job. Um, and the nice thing is some things come up, you know, when we're at a clinic and a horse is yeah. acting a little funny, that's an immediate way to start educating all these kids on what to do in this situation. Right. Um, so these ladies are great and they start you off that first day then the second day starts the riding portion. Mm -hmm. And what we do is we take our, our 24 riders, we split them into three groups of eight. Mm -hmm. And so while group one, for example, will be riding first on the second day's morning, group two will be doing jump crew and group three will be back in the barn for stable management. Okay. And then they rotate throughout the day. Got it. And all of this while they had to be at the barn at 6.30 in the morning to make sure their horse is fed properly and their stall is clean and they got hand-walked and they're groomed and they're ready to go. And they're being watched by the stable manager clinician. They're being watched by our committee rep um, in and out of the ring, in and out of the barn, how they handle themselves, what's going on, how they keep their area, um, mm. how they take care of their horse, all of it. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty intense. We also try to add a few educational aspects, extra aspects to the week. Um, we've had judges and stewards, FEI stewards, um, come in and talk to the kids. We've had show managers come in and talk to the kids. We've had veterinarians, nutritionists, um, tack fitting, 
you name it, we've gotten it involved. And when we have time, we're able to kind of push that in. We've had, when we're at universities, we've had the coaches come in and talk about riding in college to these kids yeah. and, and some yeah. things to kind of keep on the watch list for them. Um, so there's so many things they're, you know, exposed to. And, you know, the tagline for our committee, our program is that we open eyes and we open doors. And it's never more prevalent than when you see kids come through this program and the amount of exposure they receive in a five-day program from the riding clinician and our clinicians are amazing and they're super involved with the kids and they're, they're very accessible to what they're learning in the barn and to our own committee, which is made up of amazing horse people and how they help out at this and offer a, you know, more insight and more education. I mean, most of our committee members have owned stables, been a trainer, been a judge, um, you know, been a riding clinician, ridden at top levels. So there's all sorts of education that comes in to these kids. And, and what level riders do you have to be? So when I mean, first- if, you're, if you're talking from 12 year olds up, up to uh, amateur adults, like how, how do you work that? So when we first started the program, we were at a meter 10 and you had to be able to get around a meter 10 jumper style course competently to be accepted into the program. And that's what the video so is. That's, that's th- around three feet. It's three, seven, actually it's three, six. Oh, so it's oh. your big at kids. Oh, I'm way off. Yeah, that's okay. So then we, we lowered it a few years back to 0.9 and a meter. So we made two options. And the reason we did that is because we wanted to be accessible to more people. I mean, our real goal is to spread this classical education to as many people and have it be accessible. And and truly at the end of the day, it's not how high you're jumping to be able to learn. Right. Um, You know, a a course can be set at three foot. That is very, very difficult. Yes. So it's really not the height of the jump. Um, So we lower it. Plus we've got kids that might have a greener horse. That's not really ready. You know, the kid themselves might be a big act rider or, you know, a junior jumper, but they they have a horse that summer. That's just not ready to jump a meter 10. Right. Um, So for various reasons, we lowered the height and that's, puts us solidly at the base of the pipeline. So from emerging athletes program to then the gold star has some higher height options with their clinics and the people that are involved with all these um, programs, educational programs are so connected in the industry um, that we're able to really spot talent in the barn, talent in the ring and, and help those kids who are interested kind of propel them forward to new opportunities so the current height is 0.9 and a meter, and you choose which height you want to ride at the clinic. Okay. In. Okay. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean the jumps are necessarily going to be a meter every day. It's what the right. clinician sees for the horses. And typically the riding part starts with flat work the first day, gymnastics the second day, coursework lines and some putting things together the third day. And then the fourth day, we run a Nations Cup style competition, for lack of a better term. It's not really a competition, but we split them up into teams and they ride a course similar to like a Nations Cup format. And we have a course designer each year that designs a great course and sends it. So all the clinics jump the same course. 
so oh, that when no. we put the um, ones that we want to put forward to nationals, then the committee comes back together to choose those 16 riders. We're able to, you know, look at their course they did at the regional, as well as go back to their application, their original videos, all the recommendations from the people who originally recommended them, and then also the recommendations from the riding clinicians, the stable manager, and the committee rep that was at that regional training session. So we're able to put all that together to pick our top 16 riders that go on to nationals. And also our stable managers put forward some stable manager um, kids. So kids that came to the clinic can be considered as a stable manager for national training session. They won't go as a rider, but they showed such great promise in the barn. They can go and continue to get more education there at the national training session, which then leads me to another new part of our program that we added this year, which is a stable manager intern position at all of our re regional training sessions. It's a non-riding um, position. We take three kids at each of our re regional training sessions, and they're more intensely educated in that barn management, how to get horses to the ring, how to help those riders, you know, how to be an asset to a barn and to a horse. Mm. Um, and those kids have to be 16 and over, and that's really geared towards those people who, who, and we desperately need it in our industry, who really want to be barn managers, who really want to travel internationally with our top international riders and help them maintain these horses. Right. Well, and that, that brings up a good point in general, you know, that with the nationwide shortage of help, I know that there's a lack of barn help everywhere. But I didn't even think of that as far as uh, educated stable managers yeah. and and even traveling grooms and that sort of thing. I I think uh, I think every every part of the industry is struggling as far as that goes. Yeah. Well, it's important. I mean, it's it, any any top rider is going to tell you it's not just them get, that gets those horses to the ring and wins right. that gold medal. Right. You know, it is a team of people that make that happen right. and having the knowledge and the experience and the connections and the relationships that will help you get to that level. Right. It's something EAP can do both on the riding side and in the stable management side. Right. And I'm also, I'm also hearing you say that because there are so many people that are putting input into if they're going to advance to the national training session, that work ethic matters, that attitude matters. I heard you say sportsmanship, but I, I'm, I'm kind of reading between the lines and thinking that you aren't talking back to the, to the people that are teaching you, you know, right. all the, all, all those things that are so important basically yeah. in life. Right. Well, I think we're lucky in our industry that the predominance of kids that get into this sport are really great kids. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm proven that fact when I read through all the applications and watch the videos for all the regional training sessions. And these kids are great that, you know, what they're able to do in their school lives and their home lives and in their work and their horse life is amazing. And they all do it with great grades and they all do it with, you know, giving back to their communities and volunteering. Um, it's impressive. It's an honor to read the applications that we read. And it, I love the fact that when we do read these applications, I would say 70% of them say, if they are new to the program and we get a lot of repeat, 70% of them say, 
I'm doing this because I had friends do it and they went on and on and on about how wonderful the experience was. And I want to get in on this action. So there's something great going on at these regional training sessions. And it's, it's not my doing and it's not one clinician's doing. It is a, a group effort, an amazing, passionate group of people from our clinicians to our committee members, to the staff at USHA that make this happen. And the kids themselves are so excited to be there and passionate about it. Um, it's, it's the happiest committee to be on. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And, and I have a two-part question. I'm assuming there's a cost for the participants. And secondly, I heard you say for the national training session that they, they ride horses that are provided and that for the regional sessions, I assume most of them are bringing their own horses, but is there still an option at the regional sessions to um, get a, a horse to ride? Okay. So yes, the regional sessions, you bring your own horse. Um, We've had situations where a participant lost use of a horse right before the clinic, a lameness or something, they were leasing it and the lease ended or whatever that may be. And, And not every time, but a lot of times through the connections that we have in our committee, we're able to help them navigate and find a horse to lease and use for the clinic. So that, that can happen. It's not a guarantee. I can't promise it, but we sure try real hard to make sure all those kids have a suitable horse. And the fact that we've lowered the height to 0.9 and a meter makes it a little more accessible to be able to lease a a horse and do that program. Um, The national training session, the horses are provided. And that is a big part of, of running this program is being able to come up with, I mean, we need probably 20 horses Mm-hmm. Because we need some alternates um, mm-hmm. that are capable and good to to jump around, basically a meter course, and mm-hmm. have the national training sessions a little shorter. It's it's uh, three days instead of five, um, but to have you know access to that horses. So we've been lucky enough that we've mostly had our national training sessions at universities that are able to provide horses. But we are in November, which is still an IHSA you know, territory as far as calendar wise. So it does make it a little difficult. It wouldn't be out of the, <clears throat> out of the thinking process to have it at a private facility or a horse show facility. If the community nearby could support that and be able to provide enough horses that would make that work. And, um, and they get amazing care. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our horse providers are awesome. And I, and I always hear them say, how pleased they are with the care and the riding they received during their week at national or their few days at nationals and how the kids and the clinicians took care of them. They sometimes came back even better than before because they were able to diagnose some issues that they hadn't had a, you know, full diagnosis. before. So um, it's been, you know, a great experience and our horse providers are, are just amazing that and our, our sponsor, Lindsay Maxwell charitable foundation. It's just, you know, it's such a great program to support and we can't thank the people who support it enough. Right. And, and how much is the regional session? So it's uh 650 for the regional. I think I have that right. It's a $50 application fee and then it's 600 for the clinic. You do okay. get the stall and the um, betting from the host. Okay. 
but it's a really good value for a five-day clinic with right. top right. international clinicians. So yeah. we are, that's important to us. We want it to be accessible. Yeah. Um, and we offer the other, the, the stable management intern is a little bit cheaper to attend if you're accepted to that. And that is an application process as well. And we also offer a VIP auditing experience where we take up to 15 people at every regional training session. That's a little bit cheaper, obviously, too. And they have access to the writing, which the host can open that up to anybody, but they also have access to the stable management. Um, and they and they kind of rotate with the group. So we do, you know, just a few with each group and they rotate around. Um, yeah. And then they also have a little more access to the clinicians. So they have some one-on-one -on -one access to the writing clinicians to talk to them and ask questions. So that's another great avenue if you're not, you know, if you're not able to ride at that level, but still interested, or you don't have a horse that you can ride at that level, but are still interested in the education. Uh, great place for young professionals or even old professionals to come and kind of brush up on what we know to be right and be solidified in that knowledge or get some new tips um, or new techniques. So that's a great way to get involved with the program as well. Um, and then we also have the mini EAP program, which is basically a home-based version of our clinic. It's EAP in a box, I like to say, and yep. you order up to five levels and you run a clinic to however you wanna do it. Um, there are some regulations in there, but USHA will help promote the clinic and it gives you the teaching manuals. So it's a great way to, you know, kind of get that education out even further. Uh, you can run it for any level. You could do it for short stirrup kids. You could do it for an, your adult ladies riding group. You could right. do it for your big kids. You can make it as easy or as difficult as you want to make it. Um, right. But it does start getting some of the terminology ideas, writing theories out there, out there to the trainers themselves, but also out there to more and more students. So it's a, uh, there's more information on that on the website as well, but it's a great way to continue promoting this education. And, and what's the website? That would be ushja.org. Okay. So you and you can USA, just click yeah. on EAP. And, and it, well, there you go to education and then Emerging Athletes Program. And everything okay. you want to know is in there. We have an alumni page. So you can see some of the alumni we've had come through. Um, the kids who have not only won our national finals, but have participated in EAPs, have our, you know, continue to this day to make a huge impact on our sport. Uh, so there is something right about this program. And a lot of them will tell you that they wouldn't be where they are today if they had right. not come through this program to begin with. So um, it's amazing what, what I see happening. And uh, as we wrap up here in our final few minutes, talk a little bit about you and where you grew up riding and uh, that obviously you live in uh, Florida currently, but, but where you grew up and, and how, how you got to the point where you are the owner and trainer at your own farm. Uh, I grew up all over the Southeast. I changed schools every year from fifth grade to 11th grade. So I changed trainers wow. a lot as well. So I've ridden with a lot of people from Louisiana to uh, Virginia and, um, and everywhere in between. And uh, so I 
got some great opportunities to catch ride as a junior and I got some um, other great opportunities to ride. I bought myself, didn't have a big bank account behind me and I bought myself a, a horse that was headed to the kill factory and mm-hmm. as a three-year-old and we ended up um, a junior jumper, national ranked junior jumper that won tons wow. um, back in the day. So that was a fun little journey. And um, yeah. I met my business partner in high school in Winter Park, Florida, and we tried to start a farm when I was 17 and she was uh. 14. And <laughs> our, we found a little piece of property That's and took our parents to it and said, buy this little barn and property and we're going to go ahead and start our own little business. And they said, not only no, but hell no. Um, <laughs> so I ended up going to Florida State University and brought my junior jumper there and was riding with Barry Lane um, at that time, a Grand Prix rider and showing a lot. And then Janet ended up coming to FSU a few years later and we reconnected. And uh, I found a little farm in Tallahassee and I called her up. I said, you still want to start that business? And she said, sure. She was still in school. I had just graduated, but she was still at FSU. So 30 years later, um, we're still best friends and still business partners, which is uh, unusual, I think, probably in this sport. And, um, And we started in an area that has a lot of horse enthusiasm, but maybe not a huge mark on the industry. Um, at this point it did in history, uh, and we've enjoyed being here. We have more of a family atmosphere barn and we take everything from up down lessons to the big at kids and the high jumpers. And we've been at the ring at most of the major finals and, um, had kids and it ebbs and flows, which is great for me. Cause I, I love going from a, a first time lesson to a kid that we're working on, you know, a big at course, uh, keeps me a lot fresher. And then. I, I got my judge's license and um, got on this committee because I love it. I had kids that started on, you know, did the EAP and some of the committee members were encouraging me to participate, but it's a huge commitment to be on this committee because of time, but also getting to the regional training sessions, we're volunteers. So we have to go and, and do this kind of on our own, but it's, it's so worth it what you see these kids get out of it. Right. Well, thank you, Amy, for uh, spending some time with us and letting everyone know about the Emerging Athletes Program. Well, thanks so much for having me. And and, uh, anybody can contact me if they have questions about Emerging Athletes Program and um, get involved. It's a great program. Want to ride like a varsity athlete? Sally Batten's book, The Athletic Equestrian, is now available to order. Whether competing in the show ring or riding at home on the trail, Every rider wants to be more secure and balanced in the saddle and effective with their aids. This innovative guide uses highly effective exercises honed over Coach Sally's 35-year coaching career to develop your athleticism on horseback. This proven rider training system will sharpen position and vastly improve your skills in the saddle. Order now at www.athleticequestrian.com. Thank you for listening to the Athletic Equestrian Podcast. If you'd like more information on this podcast or any of our other podcasts, you can contact me at athleticequestrian at gmail.com. This podcast was produced by Jack Boyata and the music is by Kitcher.